The following is a production of Galactic Netcasts. Who review a spoiler-filled review show about Doctor Who? This week, Before the Lake. Now, Before the Lake opens with the Doctor looking straight down the lens of the camera, once again wielding his guitar as he prepares the audience for what's to come. This is called The Bootstrap Paradox. Google it. Now, it all went a little bit Bill and Ted with him rocking out, but the Doctor's straight-to-the-viewer monologue breaking through the fourth wall and setting the scene and lacing it with sly humour was pretty much what we wanted. So did you Google the bootstrap paradox? Well, at the end of this, I will give you my view on how it means. Although I'm sure this has been covered in Galactic Netcast's old show, Time Travelling Robots in Space! I'm fairly certain it has. I'd have to go back and have a listen. Maybe you could do it too. So, after he delivered his little suggestion on the bootstrap paradox, I believe we, uh, we got a little look at the Doctor in his more playful mood, especially when he did this. Oh, it's not often they change the titles. In fact, they've never changed the titles. The last time was by accident in a John Pertwee episode, if my memory serves me correctly. So, did you like a little bit of uh, rock guitar? Did you appreciate the Doctor doing that? Did you think Murray Gold's gone a little bit mad? Well, I can reveal that it was indeed actually Peter Capaldi playing. I know, that was uh, a little bit fantastic, if you ask me. So, we get the usual um, bit about fixed points in time um, that everyone has accepted for the sake of the plot. Apart from us, those of us who are shouting, you've got a time machine, haven't you seen Back to the Future? It doesn't really matter. However, I'm sure in the Doctor Who universe we don't have parallel universes like they did or divergence universes like they do in Back to the Future. It's not that kind of time travel, people. Now, I like the fact that both locations are completely maximised. Um, I like the fact that we uh, flit from claustrophobic base to a bleak Scottish village all set up with that great big black ship. I like the fact that we got O'Donnell in here, wispy Scottish tones, getting utterly excitable. It's bigger on the inside, over and over, she's jumping up and down. Of course, the first rule when you travel in a TARDIS with a Time Lord, such as the Doctor is, when he tells you to stay put, you really should stay put. But... It made me wonder, is this sort of now the, the Doctor's recruitment process in play? Is this, uh, you know, is this his version of uh, an interview? It's a shame, because I quite liked O'Donnell, and she quite liked the Doctor. So, as it was cutting tightly between the two, 
Um, the uh, the actual introduction of the Fisher King was a bit of an anticlimax at first. Obviously, he was just on the slab. And then we meet Prentice. Now we've seen those types before, cowardly, snivelling little monsters. Um, they just want to be invaded. That particular concept reminded me quite a lot of uh, Douglas Adams and the way Douglas Adams would be uh, quite, quite playful um, with the way he presented that. Now, it annoyed me in a sense, the whole, when Capaldi was going to go Dr. Victorious uh, on us, much like the Waters of Mars when uh, Tennant did it, but I like the fact that the TARDIS went, no, 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 you're going half an hour back in time. And oh, you better not bump into yourself because oh, you know that gets nasty. I thought that was quite good, a quite a good use, a quite a good way to ground him there. Um, as I say, a little bit Bill and Ted, but I don't mind Bill and Ted in some respects. As for um, the uh, the phone call to Clara, there's a couple of things I noticed, a couple of things that I really liked. Um, I loved the fact that he changed the orientation on the screen when he was FaceTiming Clara. Not that it was FaceTime, of course, because that was an unbranded mobile phone in no way connected to any particular fruity product. However, it's nice that they've got an upgrade. Uh, I liked that. I liked little bits like that. It was a little bit, I mean, a little bit weak, I suppose, the whole, the whole way that the ghost doctor was there doing nothing. Why wouldn't, surely, this was 150 years ago, if, if you killed people then, wouldn't they appear at the same time as the apprentice ghost? It didn't, that little bit of time travel didn't make sense. Um, you almost get the impression that if they hadn't have gone back in time, there would have been no Doctor Ghost, there would have been no o O'Connell Ghost. If there was no O'Connell Ghost, there would have been no seizing of the mobile phone, but they wouldn't need to seize the mobile phone. Everyone could have just packed them up in the, uh, packed them up in the, uh, Faraday cage, had a nice cup of tea and then gone home safely. But I guess we don't get that in Doctor Who. What we do get instead is um, a heavy metal madman screaming. Uh, I know a lot of people felt that oh, it was a bit of an anticlimax. Oh, it's just stunt casting. No, it's not, people. What it is, it's a Doctor Who fan getting the chance to do something that he really likes. And it's like his signature trademark. So to bring that in into Doctor Who, did I mind? Not one bit. I thought the Fisher King was perhaps the scariest creature we had ever seen. Eight foot tall, face like... Well, I'm not even going to go into it because this is a family show. But uh, I, I quite liked it. I liked that. And I liked the fact that he was cocky in front of the Doctor with regards what Time Lords are. Because Time Lords are, in my opinion, the ultimate of cowards. All that power and all they want to do is, well, nothing with it. And when they do nothing with it, that is how they end up with, uh, with trouble. I, um, I felt a little bit robbed if I'm honest, that the uh, the Doctor was a hologram with a soup son of artificial intelligence and a few pre-recorded phrases thrown in. It... It felt a little... I mean, it did. It felt a little bit... wishy-washy, and I'll tell you for why. Okay, 
I'd already guessed last um, in um, Under the Lake I had already guessed that the Doctor was in the deadlock sealed uh, stasis booth now I would have thought the Doctor would have tried to scan and go, oh it's deadlock sealed I can't get into there but we've seen him before scan things and uh, see what's inside them apparently the deadlock seal means he can't do that okay so if nothing can get in then surely nothing can get out except on this occasion uh, some sort of wi-fi signal got out to be able to create the hologram blah blah blah, blah. and it was a, don't get me wrong great episode just little bits like that just fell a little bit flat now his justification on changing things when confronted is uh, it's a bit bending the rules. You know, it's like, well, I'm going to change it because you've changed it, Fisher King. And so I guess that makes it all right. Doctor, did your mother tell you two wrongs don't make a right? Possibly not. Still, I can't be too grumpy with the episode. Well, apart from the sonic sunglasses. I'm sure we will, uh, we will get them. Now the way the show was closed, with a nice reference to the opening lesson, is neat. Even if the Doctor claims that um, he's reverse engineering the narrative. It just sounds like a clever way of getting out of plot holes. But this is Doctor Who. It's best not to look for the plot holes, because you'll fall down in them. And of course, plot holes are plenty if you're going to enlist the bootstrap paradox. So have you Googled it? Would you like my take on it? Okay. Say Galactic Netcast host Dave Nelson really likes eggs. He can't get enough of eggs. He loves eggs. But what's always puzzled him is what came first, the chicken or the egg. So what he does is he gets in his time machine because Dave Nelson has a time machine. And he travels back in time, keeps going back in time to, you know, see what came first, the chicken or the egg. Now, because he likes eggs, he's taken eggs with him. Well, I mean, you don't want to be without your eggs, do you? He gets there, he can't find an egg anywhere but loads of chickens. And whilst he's there, one of his eggs gets sat on by a chicken and hatches. And then so do all the other eggs. So Dave takes his egg back in time to create the chicken that lays the egg, to create the chicken that lays the egg, to create the blah, 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 that Dave likes so much. If it wasn't for Dave going back in time, there would be no eggs. That is the way it worked in my mind. I'm sure the Doctor's Beethoven one was a little bit better, but, you know, we're talking about a guy who wanted to uh, kiss the uh, kiss the no-eyed ghouls to death. Anyway, that's my musings for this week. A little bit disjointed, a little bit off the wall maybe, a little bit strange. Well, you wouldn't want it any other way. To play us out, we have the Doctor on guitar. I'm sure you'll hear from me all next week. This galactic netbite has been brought to you by ImperialSteam.com. Why not follow me on Twitter at ImperialGnome? Email me 
at imperialgnome at gmail.com or look me up on Facebook or just ask my galactic netcast friends how to contact me. You have been listening to a production of Galactic Netcasts. For more about the show you just listened to, including how to subscribe and give us feedback, plus additional podcasts from the Galactic Network, daily news features, videos, links to our social networks, and more, go to gncasts.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.